Hello and welcome to Beauty for Ashes, the podcast that uplifts and inspires you to cultivate that fire on the inside. It's your time to become liberated and to become unapologetically the woman you were created to be. Be sure to listen in as we have authentic and transparent conversations that are real, raw, and relevant. We are breaking the rules and covering all topics from careers, mental health, healing, relationships, spirituality, to just plain old life. Are you ready, sis? Sit back, kick those heels off, and let's get this fire started with the fire starter and transformational life coach, founding partner of Beauty for Ashes International and Breaking Point Coaching. Here's your host, Jacqueline Johnson. Hey, sis. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Beauty for Ashes, the podcast. I hope that you have been finding things to ignite your life since our last episode. During this episode, we are going to be discussing all things hair. Yes, H-A-I-R. So Sharon Miles Guilty sat down and interviewed me about natural hair in the workplace from a human resources perspective. And so we're going to be discussing all topics from microaggressions to micro insults to wearing extensions, braids, weaves, you name it, relaxed hair in the workplace. Many believe that natural hair can be a career liability, but to me and to so many others, natural hair in the workplace is a look of creativity, originality, pride, elegance, professionalism in the workplace or in your respective industries. And so one should feel comfortable in the year 2020 to wear their natural hair or however they choose to wear their hair in the workplace, that they should feel comfortable bringing their authentic selves to work. And so I am sure that you're going to be able to identify with many of the topics that we're going to discuss today. So please grab those notepads because you're going to want to take lots of notes. Now, the original audio Um, was in a video form for this podcast because I was being interviewed. So uh, periodically you might hear some of the original audio pipe through, whereas Sharon had incorporated some amazing videos. You can catch the entire interview in the video format on YouTube. It is um, under Sharon Mouse Guilty and her channel is called The Salon Chat. You can also find Sharon on all major social media platforms. And she goes into more detail regarding natural hair in the workplace. Again, please feel free to grab those notepads. Um, You do not want to miss this episode. So without further ado, I am going to um, go into the interview portion of this podcast. Again, I hope that you enjoy it. If you're an African-American woman, are you rocking your natural hair in the workplace? If not, why? Have you ever had any type of experience or discrimination against you and how you wear your natural curls in the workplace? In this video, we're gonna be talking to an HR executive who is a longtime friend of mine who actually has had some experience of discrimination in the workplace in regards to styles that she has chosen to wear. And be sure that you stay to the end of the video because she's going to share some light on how she had to pivot her ideas and her thinking about natural hair in the workplace.
So my experience or my journey in corporate America is is interesting because um, typically I am probably one of the few African-American leaders in most companies that I've worked for. And so depending on the industry in terms of the company that you work for will determine if you are more of a minority inside of a company. And that's where the hair journey really takes center stage. Um, in that our hair can be so different from um, others in the workplace of different ethnic cultures that many people often want to ask many questions around the various natural hairstyles, whether it's braids or extensions or, you know, bantu knots or what have you. And so it becomes a topic of conversation where you'll start to experience a lot of microaggressions and micro insults. While I believe that the intentions are great, um, many of our black um, employees or colleagues typically feel that they they're being placed on center stage. And they they've often reported to me that they feel as though they are a zoo pet sometimes because it's always asked, can I touch your hair? What does it feel like? Did you buy your hair? There are various questions. And again, I believe they're coming from a place of curiosity. But when you when you think about it from the aspect of the employee or the colleague, then they, they receive that differently. Sure your hair straight, but you were excited about your Miami trip. You wanted something different, so you went and got some extra added hair. Tell me about that experience. I am not one to wear um, hair extensions, right? That's, that's not how I, I typically wear my natural hair. But for my Miami trip, because I knew I was going to spend time at the beach and I didn't want to have to worry about, you know, using curling irons or flat irons. And so I said, you know, Jackie, do something different. So I decided to, to get some extensions for my Miami trip. But if I could, if you could be a person inside of my mind, I kept going back and forth, just thinking, what will people say when I return to work that Monday after my trip? I I know my hair is going to be a topic of conversation. And so I went through so much mental warfare, just trying to determine if I wanted to get extensions or not. Well, I did. I decided that I was going to get extensions and I was going to be confident and I was going to arrive at work Monday, but I was prepared for a zillion questions. And so there was a question that came my way and it was the infamous question that I discussed earlier. And that is, is that your hair? are you wearing extensions? And, and then someone said, can I touch it? Oh my gracious, it feels so soft. And so that's why I know firsthand how uh, my colleagues felt or my um, employees have felt at one time or another. So yeah, that's a, one of my personal experience stories that, that was interesting. So what were your what were some of your responses to that? I mean, like what was your emotion after that? You already had all of this right process building up like how is this gonna go? <laughs> then you really found out like who who said yeah. who thought it was cool, who thought it would maybe work. Yeah. <laughs> so I love the people that I work with and thankfully I have a relationship. And so, but in that moment, because there were other people around, I wanted to shrink in that moment and say, oh my gracious, everybody's going to know 
that I'm wearing extensions. Does it even look like I'm wearing extensions? Well, of course it looked like, you know, I was wearing extensions because my hair wasn't as long. And so um, I was mortified and then it, it, it became humorous to me in, internally. But I, I thought I would use that as a learning experience for some of my coworkers. And, and this has happened really, I'm, I'm not the only person this has happened to, but this is something that happens across the board to a lot of African-American or black females. And so I, I wanted to use this experience as to bring awareness and to create some educational opportunities around um, natural hair or black women wearing natural hair in the workplace, if you will. I think we're at the point where in corporate America, we've had to conform for so long. And so we've had to straighten our natural hair because that is acceptable in corporate America. And again, depending on the industry, if, if, if you're in an industry where the majority is African-American, you're in a safe space, right? But if you're a minority in a company, then that's when your hair is placed um, right on center stage. And so we've had to conform for so long. And, but I think in the um, aftermath of a lot of the things that are happening in our um, communities, the racial unjust and all of those things, I think black women now are giving themselves permission to not conform to the way society, society is the one that decides what's acceptable and what's not. Well, nothing could be more acceptable than your natural hair. It's how you were created. It's how you were born, right? And so to alter the state of your natural hair is not bringing your authentic self to work. And so I just think a lot of women are now giving themselves permission to be authentically themselves and they're not worrying about what people might think really from an, a human resources perspective it should be about the person's job performance and their capabilities and their talents not their hair right not in the year 2020 right. at least i've noticed recently there's so many women in in media not just local media but just national media there's so many different women wearing their natural hair and also i saw this morning my husband was watching one of the, the, I think it was one of the sports channels and it was two young sportscasters, females, and they were rocking their natural hair and they just looked amazing. So it's just okay. like, it's yeah. the permission for you to be you. So, so far guys, what is your experience with natural hair in the workplace? Have you ever been discriminated against in regards to your hair? Do you feel comfortable rocking your natural hair in the workplace? Let us know down in the comments exactly how you feel and if you've ever experienced any type of discrimination or side-eye when you're wearing your natural hair in the workplace. There's so many different like realms of natural hair in the workplace. You have natural hair in the workplace that looks kind of tamed and, and professionally polished and done if that's a thing and i really do think it is a thing and then you have on the other end of the spectrum you have people with natural hair that think they can just wake up and and just go you know because i see them on the street yes. you know you have this big beautiful mane but the curls are popping it looks moisturized it's shining and it might have some beautiful color in it or not but then you have somewhere this side might be matted and this side is you know ex extended out and it's just it hasn't been cut in about three years so yeah. how, do you maintain and how, how do you like how do you 
handle that spectrum in the workplace? I can say that most of the individuals that I have worked with, and I've worked in various industries from retail to hospitality to, I mean, you name it, a, a huge spectrum. And, and what I can say is that most people that I've worked with, they understand there's a difference between natural hair and, and grooming, right? Those are two separate things. And so, you know, while it's accepting to wear your natural hair and it's in, I would welcome that as an HR professional, um, if it's not groomed and I don't care who you are, what ethnic background you're from or cultural background, you, you still have to exercise proper grooming techniques. And so in, in those cases, I think you have to bring awareness just to make sure, you know, that your hair is clean, but I don't think it's relegated to um, African-Americans or black Americans in the workplace. I think that should be a general rule across the board from a grooming, from a general grooming perspective. So yes, um, most people that I know, they, they really make sure that they take pride in how they look and and they they take the proper grooming um, techniques, if you will, to make sure that they look presentable. Have you had any issue or any type of resistance on you know experiences on people who you might have had to call into the office and have a chat? <laughs> and let me tell you, it's so funny. Early in my HR career, my journey. Um, natural hair was just not something you you talked about. It just was not presentable from from the interviewing process, right? You, if you're going to show up for that interview, that please make sure you have on the black blue suit yes and make sure your hair is go to the hairdresser the beautician and make sure your hair is properly groomed and tamed and you have a a nice cut and so earlier in my career i remember going to bennett college and some of the other schools and i remember um saying make sure that you're properly groomed and i've changed my stance um years ago and i'm like how dare i how dare i um, promote the same messaging that that those individuals will, will get in corporate America. I'm like, now I want to focus on your capabilities and talents, but still make sure that you present yourself well. And so I really promote people bringing their authentic selves to work, be it their natural hair or not. Just making sure that it's coupled with, it, it's about your personal brand and your presentation. Just making sure it's coupled with a nice suit and you're, you know, you're, you're showing up with leadership presence, if you will. I have clients who, if they have an interview, like a major interview, this may be a corporate exec, you know, and they're natural, yeah. they want to come in and straighten their hair. They want it blow dry, yeah. they want it flat iron for the interview. And then once yes. they're foot in the door, it's like, yeah. it's gonna go all out. But I feel like it, as long as that style is groomed, it's nicely shaped, it's, it looks presentable, then you should be able to show up, especially now. Yes. You should be able to show up with that yes. in its natural state. That old HR professional would have said, girl, please straighten your hair. Like you, you want to give yourself every opportunity to get that job. The, the new HR professional, if you will, in terms of my growth mindset will say, be authentically and unapologetically who you are. And so if companies can't accept who you are in your natural state, then perhaps that's not the company you want to work for. Because if you show up to the interview looking one way, and then you, you know, once you get your foot in the door and you want to go back to being who you truly are, then to me, that's, that makes it very hard. I think if I'm going to hire you, I want to hire all of you and I want to hire you in your natural state. And so I want people who can be 
unapologetically themselves and, and they feel confident in who they are and what they bring to the table. Think about um, women, you know, like that, who feel like they have to change and be somebody else to get in the door. And then when they're in the door, you know, the real self comes out. And then you have people looking at them side-eyed, like, who is this? And then that's when the that's when the whole natural hair conversation starts up because you didn't show up like this. And now yes. you're wearing your hair curly and we can mix and mingle our hair in so many different ways because of our texture. You know, you, you might have it yeah. You might have braids three weeks later. Then six weeks later, yeah. you full lock. You leave on a Friday and you have extensions, and then you come back on a Monday and you are in your natural state, or vice versa. And you're in a boardroom and people are looking at you like, "Is this our new employee? Who who is this?" To me, that's when the conversation starts. I just wanted to um, let everyone know so that I won't shock them that I will be wearing my natural hair next week when we vote on this ordinance because I just want to let everyone know that I'm going to be a part of this. Covington is now the first city in Kentucky to have a version of the Crown Act. Their hair represents their peace and their freedom and their glory. It just represents so much more than just hair, if that makes sense. And so if you deny yourself in terms of wearing your natural hair, if that's what you desire and that's what you want, then to me, you're, you're, you're supporting the message that your hair is not professional. If you want to wear your hair in its natural state, then wear your hair in its natural state. If you don't and you love the creamy crack <laughs> or the relaxer look, whatever, then, you know, be you. Again, I know I keep saying this over and over, but it's true. Be unapologetically yourself. Be authentically you, whatever that means. Would you say to someone listening how they should handle the situation or challenges that they've either experienced in the past or maybe in the future you know how should they how should they handle discrimination in the workplace when it comes to their natural hair and i guess i can talk about african-american women but it can be anybody who's experienced natural hair they have a yeah. textured of hair it can be with textured hair so that, that's a great question, um, Sharon. There's a legislation, um, it's called the Crown, C-R-O-W-N Act, A-C-T. And it stands for um, creating a respectful and open world for natural hair. And so I believe there are seven states on the books now that have the legislation that prohibits discrimination. It, it kind of um, extends those protections to individuals who want to wear their natural hair. And so it prohibits race, discrimination, um, race-based hair discrimination, um, if you will, um, on the basis of denial of employment, educational opportunities, et cetera. Um, if you're in a state where the Crown Act does not exist, to me, it's just basic human decency and practices in the workplace where you should be able to go to your human resources, um, business partner, human resources directors, managers, 
and and have a conversation with them if you don't feel comfortable having a conversation with the person you feel um, does not understand your natural hair. So when we say discrimination, I think you have to kind of dig into that a little bit more. Um, and so the first place, if you don't feel comfortable having that conversation one-on-one to educate those individuals, then, you know, go to your human resources department so that they can help coach you through that or determine what the next step should be. But we should not be discriminating against anyone on the basis of their hair, whether there's an act in place or not. How do you handle individuals who have been guilty of discriminating against people? And, you know, it could be a comment. It could be the act of actually touching their hair. You know, how do you handle those people? Right. So, so that's great. I, I refer to those as, you know, microaggressions or micro insults. And so, again, I believe I try to assume positive intent. And then I also believe that people have good intentions. Right. And so I, I a lot of times I coach the individual, the employee or my colleague. And again, if they don't feel comfortable having that conversation, then I will reach out to the whether it's an employee, an executive, a manager, leader, whomever they are, I will reach out and I will have a conversation and help them to understand why that's not appropriate or why the employee felt that way. Oftentimes it's better if the employee or the colleague or whomever it is um, open themselves up to have a conversation. Again, I believe people have good intentions. And if you can bring awareness to that, then I think it creates other opportunities where you can bring awareness in other areas. We, we're we not the same. We're different, right? Our hair is different. Our tastes are different. What I believe might be different. And so I, I love to um, take opportunities such as you know, microaggressions or micro insults and just have a conversation. Oftentimes I felt that when you bring awareness that typically that goes away. And we, if if you can always approach things from a point of curiosity, again, when the next situation happens, then perhaps that person could be an ally for you and say, here's why you shouldn't say that. Right. Or here's why that's not appropriate. It's all about assuming positive intent, um, and and approaching things through the lens of curiosity. Yeah, it's all about education too, because sometimes individuals just, they're not educated, they don't know. And so sometimes when you educate the person, then they kind of on a, a clean background again. You know, it's a like yeah. clean slate, they starting all over. Yeah. Not understand that they can't touch, they can't feel, you know, or they can't say certain things either. Because if you if you think about it, we're different, like I celebrate our culture. I, I love being an African-American woman and all of the versatility yes. that we bring to the table. I absolutely love it. It's, it's nothing like it. And so I embrace who I am in its fullness. And again, if I want to wear my natural hair, then I feel confident in doing so. But if I don't, like when I went on my Miami trip, then I will get extensions or do whatever I want to do to celebrate my culture and who I am to make myself feel comfortable. And I think understanding because our hair textures are so different, putting constant heat on your hair sometimes does not work for your hair texture. And so you want to give your hair a break. And so understanding why I might want to wear braids or extensions one day, 
and then I wear my natural hair another day again bring bring awareness to the situation and and I think it it kind of creates a lot of it's a conversation starter if you will yes yes we definitely are different I love the difference (laughs) (laughs) I do too I embrace who I am right yes totally because we have those little, I know I have my memories from back in the day when my grandmother used to press that hair. It was a process. We shampoo one day, <laughs> we dried. Yes. There was no blow yes. We dried. The green. green. <laughs> yeah, the green, the green. You remember the green? You remember the green or the blue grease? Yes. That you, she would put put it on the back of her hand, and she would take that straightening comb. And yes. I never understood that. Yes, yes. So yes. you know, I embrace it. Yeah, she was a hairstylist, my grandmother. So you know, in, really? North, in North Carolina too. So you know, she had the old school Southern style of, of and that hair yes. was straight. It looked like I had a relaxer. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. I often tell people, you know, Chris Rock did a documentary some years ago. Remember it was, um, you remember he was talking about the creamy crack. Only Chris Rock could refer to a relaxer as that, but it's hilarious, but it it helps you to understand the process that black women have to go through in the the different variations of our hair in terms of our, of our hair texture. I mean, I thought it was an excellent documentary. So yeah, I have a couple of colleagues that was in that, in that documentary. Documentary. Really? Okay. Show in Atlanta. Um, okay. Petition that was in there. Two of them. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. So it, was so, it was so nice chatting with you about this subject. I know we could go on and on about you know natural hair in the workplace and all of the experiences that you know African American women have had challenges with. So yeah. I want to thank you for coming on our platform, the Salon Chat and expressing from an HR perspective. I really appreciate your time. Yes, it was such a pleasure. It's always nice to kick it with you, girl. So thank you for having me on. And then I can't wait to do other things with you in the future. So I'm excited about it. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Salon Chat. I am so excited about this topic and so excited that I got a chance to sit down with one of a closest friend of mine who to me takes a very different approach because she is an HR executive and has worked with so many different employees in so many different industries. And just her take on the natural hair situation with African-American women and really with any nationality because we're not the only nationality that has textured hair but ours seem to be a little bit different. When it comes to African-American women and their hair, there are there should be no surprises. Just know that we're gonna switch it up. We're not gonna stay the same. The world that we're living today, you need to show up and truly be you. So thank you for watching this feature. Until the next time we meet, take care and peace. Thanks for listening to Beauty for Ashes, the podcast with your host, Jacqueline Johnson. If you like what you've just heard, please be sure to visit and subscribe to our podcast on many of the major outlets such as Anchor, Spotify, Podbean, Google, and Apple Podcasts so that you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, 
we'd appreciate a positive rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend or another sister about us, that would be amazing too. This has been a Firestarter production. Join us every other Saturday for another episode of Beauty for Ashes, the podcast. Until then, do something to ignite your life. Peace.